Hi, and welcome to RevOps Unboxed, the podcast that dives into the world of revenue operations brought to you by me, Sandy Robinson, in partnership with Revenue Operations Alliance. In each episode, we'll be unboxing the best practices, strategies, and real stories of revenue operations practitioners to help you optimize revenue operations, grow and scale your organization. On today's episode of RevOps Unboxed, I'll be speaking with Manas Kalkarni, the Director of Revenue Operations at Spring Health. He'll be talking to us today about his interesting career journey. Well, thank you for joining me today, yeah. Manas. I'm uh, really excited to talk to you and got to hear a little bit about your perspective. So appreciate you joining uh, RevOps Unboxed here to chit chat a little bit about uh, revenue operations. And, you know, so if you just want to start off by introducing yourself and tell a little bit, um, you know, just about what you're doing today, and then we'll get started. Sure. Sounds good. First of all, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. Um, so my name is Manas. I lead a revenue operations team at a company called Spring Health, um, which is a uh, mental health tech company helping people get the right care at the right time. And I, uh, I've been there for two years now, um, and it's my my second like RevOps experience. I got my my start out of uh, college and Teach for America, so I never thought I'd live in California, but found myself in, in the San Francisco Bay um, after spending all my life on the East Coast and uh, taught algebra and geometry and stats for a couple of years. Amazing experience, difficult experience. It's it, it was a roller coaster, and uh, I remember meeting up with my friends who uh, were also marketing majors where I went to school and doing jobs in marketing and technology. And I was like, I really want to get back into this. And so found myself uh, in sales at a company called Percolate, which is now acquired by uh, Seismic and uh, did the SDR thing for a couple of years there. Um, And then found myself at a company focused on uh, market insights, CB, CB insights. Uh, Started as an SDR and then like halfway through realized, you know, I'm, I'm having a lot more fun on like little process hacks and building models and like these, these things that were, I was doing my free time. Um, and it was around the time I was at a bar with some cousins and there was this plaque in the background that said like, what, what you're doing in your free time is probably what you should be doing full time. Right. And uh, a week later I went and talked to our, uh, our head of sales apps at the time, Victor. And I said like, Hey, what are the chances you'll adopt me on, on your team? instead?" <laughs> uh, and then slowly kind of made the case to transition from, uh, from SDR to RevOps and, that was the that was the first RevOps journey, and then um, followed my SVP of Sales and CS at the time to Spring Health, where he became the CRO. Uh, was pretty much his first RevOps hire, and then built the team from the ground up. Wow, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, I just need to unpack this. You a wanted little a more bit. concise version, right? <laughs> I mean, I just I've got to unpack this a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Algebra. Yeah, like, that's yeah. pretty awesome. So you got your degree, uh, math degree, and you decided to teach math and stats and uh, yeah, actually, fun stuff. It's funny. I think I like where I to do things differently, like majoring in like a statistics, computer science, some of that. I feel like so many people say that these days, uh, but would have been awesome. No, but I majored in marketing and okay. operations management. And now I've found myself in like not marketing operations, but revenue operations. And so, okay. So it's funny it's, full it's, circle. It was a, yeah. Kind of a, it was, it was meant to be. Yeah. Right? It was meant to be. That's what I tell myself now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's great because you have that sales background, that SDR background, mm-hmm. and you really get that. You know, it's a lot of hard work, right? Yeah. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of tools to use, a lot of technology. Yep. And it's not easy. 
So having, I think, somebody on the RevOps side really understanding that, uh, especially using the tools and all the things is huge. How has that really um, helped you, do you think, in uh, what you do today? Yeah, I remember my first conversation with with Victor, our head of sales ops, I was saying like, you know, I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the job right now. So if I'm designing solutions and fixing processes, I feel like I can really bring that empathy to the role. Uh, and at the time there, there, was, there was one other person who was uh, a former SDR, but largely the team hadn't been in kind of an IC role before. And so that was my pitch and <laughs> that landed somehow. Um, but the, I, I think that's one part of it. The second part is, uh, I'd like to think my my communication skills have polished a little over time, but um, before like uh, before sales, I I remember a lot more rambling, and I think being an SDR and having to get a pitch down in a fifteen second cold call right really forces you to choose the right words. And so, in presenting a big process change or a rollout to a group of ICs, um, is uh, can feel a bit daunting, especially if it's a change they're not excited about. And so, really polishing up your your talk track and the why uh, is. Uh, something that I really got from sales. And then the last, I think, and my favorite part, honestly, of the sales process, and if, if sales was just this, I'd probably still be doing it, <laughs> is just that like discovery and sitting across the end uh, of the table from someone and saying, what, what's what's hard today? Right. What are you dealing with? Why is that a pain, right? And um, and then figuring out like, hey, is that something that we maybe we could help with? And so that is actually so much of what the job is now mm-hmm. um, and the job for many people on my team. So uh, those are some of the things that come to mind first as far as what I took. I mean, that's huge. And and as I'm sure you can relate to in building out your org, that yeah. internal selling is such an important skill for a RevOps leader. Yeah. One, not everybody understands it in your organization, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds like you you do have a very supportive organization, but having a little bit of people skills and that sales background, I think, mm-hmm. uh, is is really helpful. Yeah, I know. You know, I have a sales background as well, and it's it just you know kind of comes natural sometimes. It's like yeah, you thinking about the customer and you know how all of that works, both mm-hmm. your internal. I heard you say our internal customers mm-hmm. uh, in your presentation earlier, and I thought. I thought that was really big and really, um, really important way to think about it as you're campaigning within your organization. Yeah. You know, getting that pitch down so that way you can really stay focused on the mission at hand with your, Definitely. with your org. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is, this is such a great, uh, a great path and, you know, something that as you're, as you've been building out your org now, so mm-hmm. you said, you mentioned your, this is the first kind of you know, full RevOps or that you built out from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the initial challenges going into the role, making that transition from, you know, individual contributor and then over to like, you know, functional understanding, and then really getting into this senior leadership role? Yeah. Um, what have been some of the challenges for you in the transition? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'll go, go kind of like chronologically. So mm-hmm. I think going from SDR to RevOps, I mean, there were some of the obvious things like I wasn't ever really deep in the Salesforce back end. Um, mm-hmm. Probably would have blown some things up if I was doing that yeah. in SDR. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to die. Yep. Um, so I think some of like the technical, you know, skill sets, uh, both in terms of the tech stack mm-hmm. um, and also just, you know, like modeling and analytics and, mm-hmm. and how do you think about a business problem and, and using data to get to an answer uh, recommendation. So those were just things that I hadn't really done much of before. And um, I actually like that's what I wanted more of. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a challenge, but it was also really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other thing I think uh, that I've I've talked to other SDRs now who want to move into RevOps is <laughs> when you're when you're an SDR, 
for better or for worse, you you know exactly how you're doing at that time, right? It's right. so metrics driven. You have a quota and you can say the same about like many quota pairing reps. But I think because, you know, activities and things on a much shorter time frame and things that are more repeatable mm-hmm. are are so pertinent to the, the SDR role. Um, it, it's really like the clearest picture you have on like, am I performing against goal or not? Right. right. Uh, moving into a RevOps role, you're not carrying a quota or you most, most likely probably aren't. Um, and so how do you think about like measuring success and measuring your, your performance and your impact. And um, while I think a lot of, you know, great le- uh, RevOps leaders will say like, ultimately your North star is the company revenue goal. And there's a lot of truth in that, right. but distilling that into like, what are you directly impacting on a day to day, week to week, maybe month to month is uh, it's a little harder to draw that like immediate measurable connection. Mm-hmm. And so I think, ha- um, you know, not having that, as clearly defined as I did in my SDR days was a bit of a shift for right. for short. Okay. Um, so that was kind of like phase one. And then I think phase two and coming to uh, like going from an, an IC within RevOps to, to leading a RevOps team. I, I mean, I could spend the next 25 minutes talking about mistakes, but I, <laughs> I, I think some of the big ones are, are um, I mentioned in that presentation just now, but uh, not thinking about who, but thinking about how. So like when a problem comes your way, you immediately jump to how am I going to get this thing done rather than thinking of who is the right person on my team or maybe another team, right? Like to work on this thing. Made that mistake, still make that mistake a a ton of times. Um, It's hard too sometimes because you you know, you're like, oh, I've done this before. I can crank it out and do it. Yeah. But it's like, hey, I have a team and this is where you get an opportunity to teach and develop and um, you know, work with them along the way. And mm-hmm. then also have, give yourself you know, a, a, the ability to really look at the strategy totally. side and, um, you know, kind of make sure everything is working versus diving down the rabbit hole on, yeah. you know, digging into Salesforce and yeah. you know, going like you know, 20 clicks down, trying oh, to gosh. figure out like what's, what's driving that <laughs> problem, you know, and I yeah. uh, kind of get into that data rabbit hole. But, yeah. Um, having good, strong people on your team mm-hmm. to help you. It uh, sounds like what you've built. Yeah. And it's, I mean, be remiss not to say like, it's fun, right? Yeah, I'm a yeah, nerd, I'm a yeah. nerd, Sandy. Like, yeah, yeah. So like the building the formula is really cool. And like, you know, that, uh, so. I mean, you taught statistics. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You're applying it right now. Yeah. I think the, uh, like finding the right balance of anything like tech, you know, tactical execution and strategic thinking is probably the biggest like shift that I need to make in an area of like development for me. Um, so definitely a challenge, especially when you're giving up the stuff that you really enjoy to an extent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but exactly as you said, when you have the people on your team who are so much more capable than you, right? And in some of these domains, it's actually more harmful to like not let them do right. the job. Yeah, right. Because right? it's not, I mean, self-explanatory probably, mm-hmm. but it, like you spend your time not where you should be spending your time. And the outcome is probably not as good as it would be if, if right. they had worked on it instead. Exactly. Well, and there's that there's that level of empowerment that you're developing with your team and having the ability to support them up. And they're going to make mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. We make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. So giving them the ability to let them do that. Right. And uh, obviously, you know, uh, some somewhat controlled environment where Mm -hmm. it's not going to to break everything. But I mean, I think that's huge because people learn. Right. I mean, there are a lot of things that I've implemented that didn't work and you, yeah. you learn from it and you, you know, work with them to develop up. And so yeah. I think that's, um, that's a great approach and it's okay. And yeah, um, something that I really, I saw with what you do and I really liked is just even um, the way that you run your team. So uh, I, I love this idea. You're, you're, you're running your team. It looks like 
um, just really like, um, um, you know, you have a very uh, open dialogue and you're getting a lot of feedback on how you're doing. Yep. Uh, so maybe you could uh, talk a little bit about, you know, how you're running your team with the weekly feedback and, and the way that you, um, you bring them all together. You have like nine people on your team, including myself, including yep. yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So how does that go? Yeah, well, one of the first things I think about is actually something our, our our own CFO said like a couple months ago about how her team at the company has some of the highest like engagement scores okay. um, uh, measured by like our, our quarterly survey. And one of the first things she said was, if you're like, if you open the door and you're vulnerable with your team, then like you'll you'll be amazed by what what comes mm-hmm. back. Um, and so I think that was, uh, that's a lesson I really took to heart. And so I think like even in in the last few weeks, I can think of a couple meetings where like I, I told my team where I was really, really struggling and uh, not only like did they raise their hands to, to help and jump in, um, but then they started opening up, I think about, you know, things that that they've been struggling with. So I think one, just like the, the you setting the stage for the vulnerability um, is uh, what like really unlocked a lot. That was one. The second thing that um, that we've been doing, there's a category of just like measuring this, right? And one thing we've been doing for a while and one thing that we just started recently. The one thing we've been doing for a while is uh, our company uses Culture Amp, and so I've been putting all of our like one-on-ones in Culture Amp. Oh, cool! And they ask, uh, they do like a weekly check-in, um, and it's it's like you know one through five basically on a few different things. How are you feeling overall? Like outside of work, productivity, work wow. relationships, on. Um, and my team's really good about filling those things out on a on a weekly just for in prep for one-on-one. Um, and then there's a section there to elaborate on like what's going well and what's not, and that. It's it's funny, like we we sometimes spend almost the entire one on one just digging into that, um, and that's been like a great uh, recurring and frequent collection oh, yeah. uh, of data, right? And then the second thing that uh, we put in place recently was uh, this like weekly pulse check, and it's very similar to the to the one on one survey. But whereas the one-on-one survey can get very tactical, like, hey, I need really need to talk to you about this project or, or so on. The weekly pulse check is just, hey, give me the like 40,000 foot view. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. One through five, rate your work experience, like really positive, really negative. And then what were the things that impacted your score positively and then negatively? Wow. We've only been doing it for two weeks, but already like people have been sharing stuff because they know it's anonymous. And that, right. that's that's been really important. They've been sharing stuff that like, it does not come up organically in conversation, right? Even even one-on-ones. It's been a great way for me to then go follow up privately with someone in a one-on-one. Um, but it is also, if not a perfect science, at least somewhat of a barometer to know how the team is doing as a whole, right? And so we've been a 3.7 out of 5 the last two weeks. And now I can like see that visually. Right. And and that's been um, really helpful as an operator, like having some yeah, metric tied to it is, is it helpful. Okay. Yeah. But it's also yeah. a safe way for people to communicate. Yeah. And it's consistent too. Mm-hmm. They expect it. And yeah. it sounds like from everything that you're saying, you're not just sitting there and letting it go into a spreadsheet. You're actually doing something about it yeah. with them. And I think that's that's big. And I, I'm just curious, like, is this something you're try, you're going to try to roll out to your organization just from a RevOps and enablement function? I could really see you... Uh, potentially bringing this to your sales leaders and, you know, what if the rest of your org was running in that sort of discipline and had that building that culture or are you already doing that? Yeah. This is actually the first time I'm like talking about it outside of my team. Um, I've been like trying to keep it a secret from the rest of the org. This won't broadcast for probably a month. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, a little bit of time. Well, no, and the, the main reason is because like, I, <laughs> A, I wanted to stick with it and not just like... You want to prove it. Exactly, success, right? Like yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, what, enough data, six months or a year? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah, just do it, even doing it for a month or, or, you know, six weeks to be able to show that there's a trend and that, like, what, you know, what have I gotten out of this? Um, we, at, at Spring Health, we have this, like, executive le- or extended leadership team. Okay. It's a group of about, like, 40 individuals across, 40 to 50 individuals um, like senior managers, director, VP level folks um, who are all across different functions in the company. We meet once a quarter, but we also have like a regular forum to, you know, share ideas and and uh, kind of pick each other's brains. And so uh, I'm, I'm excited to, I think, share it in that group because I'm curious if other functions across the company are doing that. Right. Um, one of the like mistakes that I've made is, is getting super pigeonholed in just the revenue org mm-hmm. and like not borrowing enough, right, from these other teams. Um, and uh, sorry, I'm going down a rabbit hole. No, but I'll, okay. I'll be quick on this. <laughs> just like in, in, the, in the last DLT meeting, we had um, our, our head of data science was there and she was talking about how they have this uh, sprint guardian mm-hmm. and the whole concept is like in order to encourage <laughs> so like, scary. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I go, wow. For, okay. Yeah. For me, exactly. Like for, <laughs> for the stakeholders, because that person's job is literally like to guard everyone else's time and calendars. Right. And yeah. this is so fascinating. Like we work in sprints, but we don't necessarily have that concept of that. Yeah. Um, it's a, that's so, a real discipline. Yeah. So excited to share it more, more broadly and, and see like what we could be doing better. But intentionally, I wanted to start with like, it's three questions. Right. Right. Super simple. It has to be, or you yeah. won't be able to keep it up consistently. Yeah. 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 yeah and, and, you know, and sprints are challenging, I think, too, when, especially if you're growing and rapidly changing organization. You, yeah. You want to be able to accommodate. So you want to be yeah. able to be agile, but at the same time, and when I say agile in the, in the terms of flexible and yeah. to, you know, continuously improve. Yeah. And so I think there's a balance in saying, okay, well, we can, you know, it's important. We can only do this much in this, you know, sprint, this period of time. Yeah. But, you know, are there business needs that are, you know, percolating up and are there right. things we have to be flexible on? So I think there's a balance as you're in that growth, uh, yeah. that fast growth to scale. Yeah. Um, and there's, there is a point where you do have to be, I think, guardians. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, but you also want to be helpful, right? Yeah. Be seen as a, hey, I can go to them. So there's, I think there's always a balance, which is probably why you know, some people they'll answer the Slack or something. Yeah. They'll they'll do the request and yeah. No, yeah. So it's it. it's tough. It's tough. It's always a balance. But um, but yeah, I mean, this is this has been great. You you really um, I, I think just in terms of people that are in revenue operations or looking to get in RevOps or you know I've been in revenue operations like forever i can think and it, you know i learned so much just from talking to you today in your presentation and ideas and i think you're really bringing um a great uh way to um add a system you know bring a systematic approach to revops mm-hmm. and really thinking about it as the team infrastructure uh for your you know organization and how you're you're thinking about what everybody does and yeah. Um, you know, the, the roles and the responsibilities and everything. So um, mm-hmm. you're just, you're, you're doing great stuff and I'm definitely want to hear more from you and Thanks. what's going on. So um, I, do you have any closing thoughts or words of wisdom for, for the listeners out there? Yeah, de- definitely don't feel like the wisest person in the room, but I think <laughs> like in the spirit of this kind of transition from, from non-RevOps to RevOps, I think the advice that I got that 
stuck with me most was like, just go find the problems, right? Mm -hmm. Like find the problems and then do your best to fix the problems. And then when you show that you're thinking about it that way and like designing solutions empathetically um, and like measuring impact, it becomes a lot easier, I think, to transition that, uh, you know, naturally rather than worrying too much about should I get Salesforce certified or like, should I become an Excel wizard or, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, So uh, I I would encourage like make make a list and sit down with the people who are kind of like going through these challenges, which really helped me in my own interview process and like make, make the laundry list of the things Mm -hmm. that are really hard and, and then pick a few things and, and kind of focus on like, Hey, these are the ones where either I have experience or I have curiosity and I really want to like try and tackle this. And 99 times out of 100, I think the person who like had it on their list and doesn't have time for it will will answer like, sure. Yeah, sure. Go go figure it (laughs) out. Exactly. Um, So I hope that's helpful. And it was definitely helpful um, to me. And it's something that comes up in conversations that, that I have with folks who are trying to break in. Awesome. Thanks for joining. Uh, this was another episode of RevOps Unbox. I appreciate your time today. Thanks, Sandy. Really appreciate All it. Right. Thanks for tuning in to RevOps Unboxed. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.